Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stephen King cast, one man's musings on the works of Stephen King. Each week, I'll review one entry in the bibliography of Stephen King in the chronological order of publication. Um, and like I said in the last episode, I am having a hard time not saying that anymore. That was how I began a hundred something plus episodes. And now that I've actually finished reading all of Stephen King's works in the chronological order of publication, I probably should come up with a new. Not catchphrase, but introductory phrase uh, for the podcast <clears throat> as I continue to, to kind of let it evolve um, rather than just letting it sink into the muck um, now that I have finished, uh, like I said, the, the original mission statement. So for everyone that is tuning in for the first time, welcome to the Stephen King cast. I, if this is your first time and you kind of just stumbled upon the podcast because of all the recent buzz around Stephen King with either uh, 112263 from Hulu or from the, the big news that, uh, that, that came out a few weeks ago surrounding the, the Dark Tower, um, welcome. Welcome to the Stephen King cast. I hope that you enjoy it. You have, like I said, 100-something plus episodes of, of reviews of Stephen King uh, and all of his works uh, in which I analyze his, his books and short stories and some of his movies and kind of see how they, they fit together into, uh, into a whole. And then now what I've been doing, I've been reviewing 112263. Uh, today's episode, we're going to be focusing on episode five. I can't believe that we're here already, but yes, we are on episode five and I will get to that. But before I get any further, uh, I would like to shamelessly plug my own works and uh, listeners will know that this is something that I have been doing lately and I just thought that maybe if everyone out there enjoys Stephen King, and I assume that you do, you're actually listening to something called the Stephen King cast, so I assume that you like Stephen King, then I think that you actually might like the stories that, that I, I have um, found publications in. Um, so up first we have... Uh, we have Dark Moon Digest, issue number 22, and you can find this on Amazon. My copy just came in the mail today, actually, and it looks great. It's it's great to, to just have a, a copy of short stories from uh, from new and fresh voices. And this was edited by Lori Michelle and Max Booth III. Or, you know, if you don't want to wait, you can just download it on your Kindle. Uh, and read it immediately. My short story is entitled Room 207, and on Amazon, for the reviews on Amazon, uh, one review uh, calls it a standout, and another one, which I'm very proud of, uh, uh, re refers to it as particularly unsettling, which is definitely something that I was going for, and honestly, I, I believe that if, like I said, if you like the, the fun... Uh, scary Stephen King short stories, then I imagine that you would like Room 207. 
You can also just head on over to Amazon with a click of a button. You can uh, purchase my short story, This World Will Eat You All the Way Up, uh, which is found in the electronic publication Nine Tales Told in the Dark, number nine, uh, published by Bride of Chaos. And This World Will Eat You All the Way Up is about two friends on a road trip, and there is just something, something there that is just bubbling underneath the surface and it's all about just watching what is under the surface bubble over and what happens once it does bubble over uh and then you can go out and order wax and wane a gathering of witch tales a great looking anthology of witch stories and Oh, a couple weeks ago, The Witch came out in theaters, and there was a lot of buzz heading into the the release of Witch, and um, a lot of people aren't really talking about it now, uh, which is really too bad because I, I believe that it, it was an incredible film experience. I don't think it was what a lot of people really wanted or, or expected, but that doesn't mean that what we got wasn't worthy because... It, uh, it clearly was inspired by The Shining, and it really is an incredible piece of filmmaking achievement, and it's very, very unsettling. So if you have seen The Witch or really like witches and uh, you wanted some more witch fiction in your life, then you can certainly pick up uh, Wax and Wayne, A Gathering of Witch Tales. Uh, edited by David T. Neal from Nose Touch Press, and that includes my short story, Hopscotch, that really examines youth culture and the, 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 the worst aspects of youth culture and what happens when youth culture bumps up against a, a much darker and more dangerous culture and uh, the fun that occurs there. And then later uh, this year, coming in August, uh, in the Trysts of Fate magazine, you can find my existential horror story, uh, Forget Me Not, which examines our, our identities when we are in a relationship and what happens during the course of a breakup. How, how does that affect our identities and do we lose our identities? And if that's the case, what exactly are we losing there? So I would greatly appreciate it, guys, if you headed on over and, and, and picked up any of these uh of these stories, and I know that the, the the publishers of of these magazines would would really really appreciate it because they're the ones putting them out, and they're trying to, to get their foot in the industry. So uh, thank you everyone for indulging that, and now I want to uh, share some iTunes reviews because. If it weren't for iTunes, uh, many of you would not be listening to the Stephen King cast right now. Uh, and I just wanted to say thank you, thank you, everybody, for all of the, the kind words that uh, you have shared on, on iTunes. The Stephen King cast, I should say this, guys. The Stephen King cast is the highest rated Stephen King podcast out there. And that's because of all of you. When I sat down to record my first episode of Carrie in August of 2014, there had been months of of going back and forth with myself as to whether or not this was something that I wanted to do and if there was going to be an audience. And it's just amazing to me the audience that that I, I, I do have. And you're, you're, you're all incredible and I love uh, just getting feedback from you and email, which I will share soon enough, but the, uh, the, 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 the iTunes reviews, in a way it really legitimizes 
the Stephen King cast. And I think that that's, I've been trying to really phrase what the iTunes review does for this podcast. And especially now that Stephen King is being buzzed about more with the, the, the recent Dark Tower news and with the weekly James Franco 112263 uh, uh, series on Hulu, I, I think I've definitely seen an uptick in the ratings. So I think that a lot of people are, are, are heading on over to iTunes and, and typing in Stephen King and, and seeing what we get. And uh, in order to, to keep the, the Stephen King cast um, visible out there and easily searched, uh, the, the more subscriptions and the more reviews that 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 I the the podcast is able to get the more uh, visible the the podcast will be so we have a review from WTF buddy who writes one complaint and they write the only issue that I have is that it needs to be longer great pod great host could listen all day so thank you WTF buddy um, up next, we have Delwyn Mulrooney, who writes, Highly recommended. This is a terrific podcast for constant readers. It's all about the stories with insightful analysis and an engaging presentation. It's smart but not pretentious like King himself. And it's an excellent trigger for remembering the books you've read many times and the ones you haven't read in many years. So thank you, Delwyn Mulrooney. Um... I, 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 and I've always struggled with that. I've never wanted to dip into pretension, but I always wanted to go deep as I can into Stephen King's works. So I, I'm glad that so many of you have responded so positively to it. And then we have Remrakasil, who writes, So fun. As a King fan since the mid-80s, I am truly enjoying this podcast. The enthusiasm is contagious, and it makes me want to reread every book as it goes along. So, um, Remrixil, um, I, and I'm butchering that, I'm sure. I, I, I just, thank you. Thank you so much. And and lastly, we have Painter Palooza, who writes, Take your medicine. I thoroughly enjoy this podcast. I'm a longtime fan of King, and it's very interesting how many of the hosts' reading experiences mirror my own. I look forward to each episode and particularly enjoy the connections to the Dark Tower series that are explored for each story. So, Painter Palooza, um, thank you for, for, for leaving that review. Um, and Rem Rakastil, thank you for leaving your review. Delwyn Mulroney and WTF Buddy, thank you so much for leaving these reviews. And anyone out there that has not left a review, if you have a couple minutes, it's on your hands uh, just head on over to iTunes and and leave a review because like I said that would really help out the, the Stephen King cast okay guys up next we have some listener email so this kind of goes along with the the iTunes reviews except this is this really allows you to to get your thoughts out to me in in much more clarity because I from the get-go did not want this to be just myself shouting into the void. I, I, I want to make sure that I'm engaging with all the listeners out there. I want your experiences. I, I want to I wanna know how you got into Stephen King and, and what Stephen King means to you and, and your favorite Stephen King stories or experiences and, and your the, the Stephen King books that you are not that fond of and, and the reasons why. Uh, because the, the more you're able to share that, then the, the more people I'm able to share that with and we grow our community our quartet just a, a little bit more. So Dusty writes, Hello, Constant Reader. I just wanted to take a moment to tell you that I am so grateful for your podcast. I haven't made it through all of them yet, 
because you have inspired me to reread his publications in order. I never really thought about being able to see the author's writing evolve over time. I've been a constant reader since age 12. I'm now 34, and every time I pick up a Stephen King book, I feel like I'm at home. You were correct in saying Stephen King has been missing from current pop culture discourse, paraphrasing. Then you reminded me about the commercials for his books. Books! Hearing you discuss the stories as well as the film adaptations has been entertaining and engaging. You bring up points that I somehow missed and sometimes wish I could chime in with my own opinions. Well, you are now. You have you have a, an opportunity to do so, so please, whenever you get a chance, take that opportunity and share your own opinions. Maybe the biggest reason I love listening to your podcast is that whenever I meet a fellow constant reader, I feel like we speak the same language. It's almost familial tribal it makes me feel connected to others in a meaningful way so for that thank you i look forward to catching up on all of the episodes and i really hope you will continue with the podcast for as long as you can best wishes best wishes dusty uh dusty thank you for writing in and uh so for those of you who are just tuning in and for those of you who are not just tuning in but have been listening for a while and and kind of forgot I kind of forgot as well. Uh, when I sat down with the first episode of Carrie, the the thing that I stressed was when I did a search for Stephen King podcast, I didn't find much, and it just kind of hammered home that in that while other other authors are are talked about in on Twitter and there are think pieces written about them and they're they're in the pop culture conversation, I found that Stephen King was not was not in the same amount of conversations as say jk rowling or george r martin or um oh i'm drawing a blank suzanne collins is that who wrote the hunger games uh but you know i mean these are the authors that that are generating a lot of of conversations and with young adult novels just existing for um intellectual properties to be just snatched up and and turned into into movies uh I mean, we, we are talking a, a lot about literature, literature that's being adapted, but literature nevertheless. And I just found that we weren't talking about Stephen King that much. And I, I, I think that that has changed a little bit. I think that, like I said, with all the conversations around It and the Stand movie, that kind of fell apart, and the It movie, that kind of fell apart. And uh, But I mean, with The Dark Tower, I mean, that was big when Entertainment Weekly broke the news a couple weeks ago. And... Um, Eleven twenty-two sixty-three. That that's eight weeks of Stephen King conversation that's occurring right now. I mean, it's not. It's not really setting the uh, the, the the chatter on fire, um, but the, the, it, it is it is generating a buzz and well deserved buzz, I, I should say. So, Dusty, thank you for writing in, um, and feel free to write in with with more thoughts when you get a chance. And then Dave writes. Uh, Hello, constant reader. I just wanted to express thanks for your truly outstanding podcast. It's the thorough analysis Stephen King deserves, and I hope someday he'd make an appearance if he does that sort of thing. You should ask. So, Dave, I um, I have gone well. I've really gone back and forth on this one. I, I I don't I don't think that Stephen King has ever this is I I doubt that this has ever crossed um, Stephen King's periphery. Right. I, I I think that Stephen King lives his own world and he lives his own life. Um, 
And if anyone wants to kind of see what that life is from an outsider's perspective, I strongly recommend that you look up sk-tours.com and take a take a pilgrimage to Bangor and uh, Stu from sktours.com or sk-tours.com uh, will take you all throughout Stephen King's hometown and you'll see that it's, I don't want to say that's not extravagant, but you're going to realize that he really is just, he's exact. I think, I think, I think, I mean, I have never met the man and I don't know him, but I mean, just from the, the town that he's living in, it's just a normal, normal little city. Uh, and though he lives in, in a pretty big mansion, it's, it's not really set back. Um, it's, it's, it's surrounded by other houses and it's not that far from downtown and it, it's, I mean, he has gates and he has his privacy, but it's privacy also while being public and, and being part of community as well. So why did I just bring that up? I don't remember why I brought that up. So, oh yeah. So, um, Dave had written about the, uh, him making an appearance. So I, I, I just think that he, he lives a normal life like anybody else. And I, I think that with maybe his, his writing and, um, uh, his books being turned into movies and, and all the thought that goes into his own creativity. I doubt that he has the time to listen to others talk about his works. Um, so I, I wouldn't imagine that A, he's listened to this, and, and B, if he has, I, I doubt that he really has devoted much time to doing so, and I, I don't think that he would uh, want want to be interviewed by, by me, um, even if he was asked, and I, I don't even know if, if I would ask him because I just feel like I would be Chris Farley from that Saturday Night Live skit uh, back in the 90s, like, you know, Chris Farley just talking to, to Paul McCartney. Um other than me saying, you know, like, you remember that time when you wrote The Stand? It was awesome. You know, like, I don't imagine that I'd be able to get out much more than that. So it probably wouldn't make for a good listen, guys. Um, so Dave continues, I loved reading Stephen King as a youth. And it and the stand were my favorites. My main reason to write you, though, is to thank you for helping me inspire inspire me to revisit King. I have to confess that I stopped reading King after insomnia sorry and i hadn't revisited him until listening to your podcast as a mail carrier i spent some of the workday listening to podcasts and came across yours and it helped bring back a lot of memories to when i really enjoyed reading him the audible app allows my subscription owes my subscription fee to you and you alone i've checked out revival just after sunset bizarre of bad dreams and 11 and dr sleep is next I just signed up for Hulu as well and look forward to your opinions on the series, fingers crossed. I know that you've gotten through the lexicon, but I sincerely hope you continue with the podcast. Thanks again, Dave. Dave, thank you for writing in, and um, just thank you. Thank you for the kind words. Um, and my father-in-law is a mail carrier, and uh, my best friend was a mail carrier for, for a time. And so I know uh, secondhand, I, I know the, the monotony that, that comes with with that particular profession. So I, 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 anything that I can do to, to help you out um, and, and sort of break that monotony, I, I'm glad that I'm, I'm, I'm able to, to help you out with that. Okay, and so that that's all that I have for listener emails today. So let's just get to the, the review of 11.22.63. Um, so we pick up right where we left off with Sadie storming out of Jake's place after hearing the recorded tapes. 
his weak explanation is that he was listening to a drama with Russian actors. Sadie doesn't know the truth, but knows enough to know that he's not telling the truth. Now, at this point, we are more than halfway through the series. And while I liked the initial sparks between Drake and Sadie, I'm now agreeing with the criticism that the show really has just failed to capture the depth of their relationship. Now, I was really hoping that with the multi-episode run of this show that we would get at least one full bottle episode hour of a Friday Night Lights-esque storytelling episode where there's no update on the assassination plot and where we just get a relatively conflict-free look at life and Jody. We go to a football game. We, we, we go to the dance. We see Jake connecting with his students. We see he and Sadie getting to know each other. I mean, by this point now, we've hit a major beat in their relationship, and it just feels too soon. It's like we've rushed through that warm honeymoon phase, and I feel like we shouldn't have rushed it. It was important to show the life in Jody. I mean, without it, Jake doesn't have anything to fight for. Jody became home. And aside from some scenes with Miss Mimi and Deke, there just isn't that much life to Jody. So as I'm watching this episode, I keep wondering what I'm going to get out of it. You know, maybe I'll get the Jody fix that I need, and I don't. I mean, and I, as I watched it, I said to myself, yeah, I'm sure that we'll get some Jody, but I, I doubt that it would be enough to rectify the missed opportunity thus far. And my fears are immediately reinforced when he's being chewed out by Deke in the conversation. Jake refers to the reasons why he was a great teacher in the book, the reasons why Jody mattered as much as it did. You know, getting his students to act and write poetry. In the book, we saw him as an inspirational teacher, a, a major influential figure in this small Texas town, and we just don't get that here. What we do get is a flashback to Jake's past and his truly... Horrendous goatee. I mean, seriously, guys. It's like the hair and makeup department tried to one-up whoever glued the animal carcass to Matthew Fox's face in those Lost episodes. Now, as bad as that beard is, it is not as bad as his teaching. He is a pretty terrible teacher, guys. I mean, I think that that's something that the, the show truly, truly fails at. So we see a scene in the present, right, with, with his goatee. And this scene should show us his inherent gift at teaching. Instead, it's used to reinforce the time-traveling conflicts that the show is built upon. And if that isn't enough, we get another Chris Cooper flashback where, again, we discuss the possibility of murdering Oswald. Now look, maybe it's nitpicking, but I would say that Jake's mission, it's the one thing that the show has done a thorough job with. So scenes like this... This isn't icing on the cake. It's more cake on top of cake. It's a little bit too much. Anyway, we get a reminder of how the past pushes back against the person trying to change it. And as Jake prepares to shoot Oswald, the past manifests itself in the form of Johnny Clayton, played by T.K. Knight. And like I said last week, the actor is killing it in this role. He has taken what could have been a flash-in-the-pan one-note abusive villain and turn him into something strange and memorable. And here we get our episode's conflict. 
Jake needs to get to Oswald before Oswald can pull the trigger on General Walker to determine whether or not he was acting alone. But he can't leave Sadie at the hands of her maniacal ex-husband. But hey, Hulu's Jake has something that Book Jake never had, and that's Bill. With Bill in his pocket, he can now be two places in once, and he chooses Sadie over his main mission. And I'll say that the directing here, <coughs> as Jake walks into Sadie's house, is perfectly done. All right, when he walks into her house, it's nightmarish, and she's just sitting there at the kitchen table with a bloody pillowcase over her face. And this, that image, it's ten times worse than the reveal of her facial wound. Not that the the, the makeup is bad, and not that it's it's terrible. It's it's just that anything could be wrong with her at that moment. It's such a truly unsettling image. It's. It's, it's just horrific, but not as horrific as Franco's limp reaction to it or the complete blankness on his face as Clayton monologues. Do you have any idea? Do you have any idea how many emotions would be swirling on his face as he's held at gunpoint, watching the love of his life with a massive bloody scar down her face and knowing that it's, it's because of his machinations in time? Like, we should be seeing just the following emotions play over his face guilt anger fear concern loathing and the 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 the, the need to get back to his mission right i mean so it, there should be so much registering all throughout his face and franco who i've stuck up for in in these episodes um i mean he conveys guys none of these emotions none None. Like, he he kind of goes for anger, but he, he just, he swings and he misses. It's, this was a ripe opportunity for some truly uh, powerful acting. Um, and there is some good acting in this scene, uh, but it's not coming from James Franco, unfortunately. I mean, at least they give Sadie some steel in her spine in this scene goading Clayton even with a gruesome wound and a gun pointed at her. She mocks him. She shows a resiliency despite the pain and the torment that she's suffering. That's partially how she's written, and it's partially how it's acted. Now, I don't think that Jake, the character, or Franco take the opportunity to, to shine in this scene. They're quite literally saved by the bell, and then we cut to Bill and Marina sharing a cigarette. Now, I talked last week a lot about um, Bill's growing affection towards Marina and the fact that it, it, it creates a a very nice deviation from the book as it, as it functions as a wild card. I don't know how it's going to play out, if it is going to play out, but I imagine that they're putting it in place so it does play out, which keeps me on my toes because it's completely new, invented, and, and I love it. So Bill and Marina, they're sharing a cigarette. And not only is this a, a nice organic growth within this story, uh, but it's also a great mirror to the A-plot. You know, I mean, we, we, we have our sidekick in, in, in Jake's role, right? In, in, in his own little tri love triangle. And, you know, the, the love interest's husband is just like Clayton, an unpredictable threat. Now, back at Sadie's house, Clayton gets a face full of bleach and starts firing blindly throughout the room. Jake swings a fire poker to his skull, um, and Sadie fires the killing shot. 
Bill, meanwhile, uh, stalking Oswald, goes a little crazy, believing that a passerby is his sister, causing him to become distracted enough to miss Oswald taking the shot at Walker. And then it ends with Sadie in the hospital, and then Jake drops the bomb on her that he's from the future. So, okay, that's over with. What I liked from the book was the subverted expectations. After spending a significant amount of time with each other, this is a conclusion that Sadie arrives to on her own. We haven't seen much of Jake's anachronisms aside from a few pop culture references, and it's why I think a little more time spent together would have gone a long way in making this scene more impactful. Though he does use the from here till eternity line, and I just really like that. I, I, I think that that is a, a nice addition to this story. So... I would say that this episode is the first episode since the pilot that really made me pause and say, it's not that great. Um, I just watched it, and to me, it's just full of missed opportunities, Um, whereas I believe episodes uh, two, I thought two was very, very strong. Um, See, I'm already forgetting. I thought three was strong. I don't even, I, I don't, they're all blending together now, but I, I do, two was a, a particularly uh, strong episode, and three and four, um, I thought I thought were steps in the right direction, but, but this, I believe, was a step backwards. And uh, we're, we're nearing in on, in the last, uh, last three hours now, guys, so I'm, I'm very curious to see how, how this plays out. We have a lot of ground to cover if if it's going to play out as it does in the book, and I'm not sure if it will or not. Um, not that it has to, and, and not that it will be uh, bad if it doesn't follow the events from the book uh, the same way. It's fine if it doesn't. It's totally fine if it doesn't. Um, as long as it is true to the story that they're telling and done to the best of the ability and maximizes... The, the, the characterization and the conflicts and the tension and, and the love and the themes, if that's done, then, then I don't care how it's done, just as long as it's done well. And this particular episode, I, I think that there was just a lot of missed opportunities. So um, agree, disagree, write in at stephenkingcast at yahoo.com. And like I said at the top of the episode, um, you can head on over to, to iTunes and, and leave a uh, review and a subscription, which would go a long way in helping out the Stephen King cast. And if you head on over to Amazon and do a search for Dark Moon Digest, issue number 22, you can pick up my copy of uh, my short story, Room 207. If you type in Nine Tales Told in the Dark, issue number 9, uh, you can order my short story uh, This World Will Eat You All the Way Up if you type in Wax and Wayne A Gathering of Witch Tales you can read my story Hopscotch and later this August if you type in Trists of Fate you can order Forget Me Not okay everyone uh, so it is Monday it is Monday the 14th and I can't predict the future but if I was a betting man, I would bet that you will not be getting an episode of uh, an 11-22-63 review anytime next week. I will be able to publish one episode. It will be a top 10 list, but I think that I will be a little bit busy next week, um, and so I don't know if I will have time to 
watch 112263, write a review of 112263, and record an episode on it next week. I think that next week is, is going to be it's going to be out of my hands. So, uh, but there probably there will be an episode of Stephen King cast. Um, it just won't be an episode of 112263. So, thank you everyone for listening, and one way or another, I uh, will see you here next week. So, may you have long days and pleasant nights, and come back next time where M O O N spells Stephen King cast.